rocking. We both had some kind of bug and uh, we've been whacked out and man, I've been smashed. And I literally got up out of bed and got dressed and showered and came here tonight. So if I'm a bit low, my heart rate right now is like really high. And so if um, I start to get puffed and I start, a little, I'm a little bit shaky, just forgive me, I've been sick, man. So, but I'm here to bring the word, devil not today. I'm bringing the word tonight. And, uh, and this, this word God's kind of put on my heart and it's a little bit different. It's quite funny, like this is totally different to what I'd normally preach to a, to a Sunday congregation. But I, um, I really felt God put it on my heart last week and I don't know, with, I'm not gonna blame the devil for all sickness, but I kind of feel like sometimes he wants to stop you uh, bringing what God wants to bring. And so uh, bear with me tonight. Um, if I start to slur and not make sense, just pray and God will tell you what I'm saying. It'll be amazing. <laughs> It'll be amazing. I, I, I'm excited to bring this with. This is a very different message and um, you don't have sermon notes, um, but a lot of the stuff's gonna be on the screen. If you are a note taker, use your phone um, and take some notes. But I, I, wanna, I wanna just do a teaching um, through Joshua chapter one. I wanna just spend the, the whole next 30 minutes going through Joshua chapter one, and uh, that's all we're gonna do, and because I kinda feel like right now we're in a really interesting and exciting season as a church, and I wanna speak some vision, I wanna speak to leaders today. This is a leadership message, that's kinda my bent, that's kinda my angle, what I always go down is leadership, it's one of God's primary gifts in my life is leadership, and so I wanna speak uh, with the heart of leadership tonight, and uh, what I wanna do is just kinda unpack Joshua chapter one, because like I said, we're in an exciting season. I, I'm kinda feeling this, this stirring up of God in our church right now. I mean, right now in our church on Sundays, we're having the largest attendances we've had all year, like right just coming off winter. It's, it's amazing, we're seeing a real stirring of people getting saved, uh, more and more people stepping up into the call of God. I mean, we're releasing, planting campuses, releasing leaders, uh, we're pushing boundaries, we're stretching out. We're in this really exciting season, and, and I hope you sense that. I hope you kind of get the sense that God is really doing something here at Elam Botany, and it's exciting to be a part of. Um, Um, But what I wanna do tonight is I wanna speak uh, to every one of us here today because I believe there's the call of God upon every life. I believe every one of you, God has got a plan for your life and there is a call of God upon you. And and as much as God has a call for us corporately as a church to really change this community, uh, God has got a call upon your life to do something outrageous with your life. And so what I wanna do is I wanna speak to that today. I wanna look at Joshua chapter one and and really uh, talk to, if you're looking for a title of my message, it would be uh, keys to walking into the call of God. Keys to walking into and walking out the call of God because the call of God is not a destination, it's a journey. You don't arrive at the call of God. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh cool, now this is the call of God. You walk in the call of God. You don't arrive at it, you walk in it. And so I wanna give you some keys to walking in the call of God for your life and I wanna do that through looking through Joshua chapter one. Okay, so it, like I said, this is a little bit different to my normal way. I would normally bring a message but I pray you're gonna get something tonight and I pray God speaks to your heart. I really, really do. Let me give you some backstory to uh, what we're gonna look at here in Joshua chapter one. Josh, the book of Joshua, uh, it comes off this period in time where this guy called Moses has just led the people of Israel out of Egypt, right? So the, the nation of Israel, pre, the precursors of Joshua, the nation of Israel have been in captivity in Egypt, slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God raises up this guy, Moses. He's a, he's a warrior, prophet. He's a leader. He's a powerful dude. Uh, so God raises him up and through a series of just miraculous 
uh, provisions and miraculous moments, Moses leads these people out of Egypt, right? And God's saying, I'm gonna take you to a land that you're gonna possess, the promised land. So he's he takes them out of Egypt. I mean, there's crazy stuff. There's plagues and then there's provision. And there's this angel of death thing and then the Red Sea parting. I mean, it's hectic, but it's miraculous. And then there's this pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And there's, there's like free food in the wilderness. God just brings them food. It's the most incredible thing, right? So they come to the edge of the promised land and for a whole bunch of reasons, they don't enter in and they spend the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They get to the edge of their promised land one, once again. God takes Moses up and he looks over and he sees the promised land and God says, you're not gonna go in there. The rest of the nation's gonna go, but you're not gonna go. And Moses dies. So this great leader who's achieved this incredible, miraculous moment where he takes a nation out of captivity and slavery and takes them to the edge of their promised land, the promise of God, the call of God, and then he dies. And then this is, the book of Joshua is this transition of leadership and this guy Joshua stepping into the call of God for his life. That's the context of where we're going here. So Joshua is stepping in and he's walking into the call of God for his life, just like we are, you and I are today. So we're gonna pick this up. If you do have a Bible, you can grab Joshua chapter one. This is gonna be heaps of fun. It's gonna come up on the screens for you as well. We're gonna start in verse number one. Joshua chapter one, verse number one. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and we're gonna pause right there because I wanna just share my first thought. We didn't even, we got to Joshua chapter one, verse number one. Here's my first thought. Uh, if you wanna walk out the call of God for your life, number one, learn to serve someone else's vision. If you want to walk into the call of God for your life, then you've gotta to learn to serve somebody else's vision. Joshua is the servant of Moses. That's, his, that, that's the first thing we read here in Joshua chapter one is that he was Moses' assistant. Before, I really believe this, before God will entrust you with the, with the full call that he has for your life, before he will trust you with your own vision, you have to be proven to be faithful with somebody else's vision. If you're gonna really step into all that God has for your life, if you've got a dream, if you've got a call of God upon you and you wanna walk forward fully into that and experience all that God has for you, my, my best advice for you is to learn to serve someone else's vision. Learn to get behind somebody and make them successful and do everything you can to make sure their vision is, is pumping and going. See, an assistant is somebody who comes alongside someone and encourages them and supports them and makes their life easier and gets the job done with them and make sure they own the vision themselves. They don't just think it's their vision and I'm not no partner, no, no. An assistant is like what you believe, I believe. What you're in, I'm in. What you're doing, I'm doing. And I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that is successful. For 40 years, Joshua served Moses. 40 years. 40 years, he went where Moses went. He was mentored by Moses. He saw what Moses saw. When Moses went up the mountain to get the, the, the commandments, Joshua's right there going up the mountain with him. When Moses went places, he went places. When Moses did stuff, he did stuff. It, it was like this, this amazing mentoring, leadership development relationship that took place between Joshua and between Moses, and, and so there's this moment where Moses is, he's died and Joshua's taken up, but M M Joshua didn't just arrive at his own vision, he'd served Moses' vision for 40 years. And, and here's the thing, in order for you to fully step into what God has for you, you have to learn the lessons that you'll learn in serving someone else's vision before you'll know what to do with your own one. So you're, you don't know, you don't have it all yet. 
and you only get what you need when you serve under somebody else and you learn from somebody else and you invest in something else. See, assistants learn things in service that spectators do not. Assistants learn things in service that spectators do not. See, when you serve someone else's vision, you will get equipped with the things that you need in order to achieve the full vision and the full call that God has for your life. It, it works in steps and it works in stages. You don't have everything you need yet to fulfill what God's called you to fulfill. And that's why when you serve someone else's vision, you learn and you grow and you develop and you pick up tools along the way in order for the doors to open for you. A, a number of months ago, uh, Bex and I with some friends did this escape house thing, like escape room. Have you guys ever done one of those? It was like a team building thing, escape room. It's so much fun. And we got kind of debriefed and put in the room and they, and they were like, all right, now you've got 40 minutes to get out of this room. And I'm like, 40 minutes? Give me five. I'm a man. And, and so I go in there, and this, you're supposed to go and find the clue that leads you to the next clue. I'm like, I don't need no clues. I'm getting out of here my own way. And so I'm looking around the room. I just, everyone's looking for the thing and reading the instructions. I'm like, stuff the instructions, man. I'm getting this, this thing done. I look, I'm looking, I'm finding stuff. I'm like, oh, there's something. Oh, there's something. And I start like trying to do things to, in order to get us out of the room, right? I knew there was some way out of this room. I didn't know what it was. But I start just messing with stuff. And I, find, I found some coins. I'm like, coins, what do I do with coins? There's a money box. I'm just chucking coins in the money box. I'm going, I hope they go in the money box. You know, like, I'm just doing all this stuff. It took me about... After about 35 minutes, I realized, man, you, you actually need to do the steps and the stages in order to get out the door. And I messed it up, man. A guy had to come in and unlock the money box. He's like, bro, you put it in too early. And, and so like, this is the thing. You, you, like, when you're trying to open the door on your own, you don't have what you need in the stages you're supposed to take in order for the door to open to you. And I'm trying to do all these things, but not in the right order. And there's an order that God has for you. There's an order that God has for you. And it begins by, by taking those first little steps. And at each step and each stage, you get the instruction, you get the equipping, you get the input and the insight that you need in order to take step number two. And then you get to step number two. Otherwise, you're trying to push down a door that's not open to you yet. And you'll get frustrated because you're just trying to keep pushing this door. And the door will never open to you because you haven't learned and gained what you need when you serve someone else's vision in order for the door to open. Because God will never entrust you with something that you're not gonna be trustworthy with. And, and you'll only be trustworthy with it when you've proven to be faithful with somebody else's stuff. And God will give you what you need. God will give you everything that you need to be successful in the call and the vision He has for you. But He'll do it in His timing. And here's the interesting thing about when you're a servant and when you're serving someone else's vision and, and you have a call of God on your life, I've come to learn this thing, timing's everything. Timing's everything. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the process. Timing is absolutely everything. Like, like, like a well-hit ball in a game of cricket. Oh my goodness, when you get the timing right, it's the most wonderful thing on planet Earth. Like, I mean, cricket is the heavenly game. I'm just saying. I hope you guys know, when we get to heaven, we're playing cricket. It's gonna be amazing. Jesus is gonna be an umpire. Every call is gonna be correct. In Jesus' name, but it's gonna be me and Brendan McCullum opening the batting. It's gonna be incredible. <laughs> He's going to heaven too, you know that, right? I'm just saying, when you're a New Zealand hero, you go to heaven. It's just automatic. <laughs> when you hit a ball, man, when you hit a ball in cricket and it comes off that sweet spot right on the right time, you don't even feel the ball hit the bat. You don't feel it, it comes off effortlessly. There's power, there's efficiency, there's effectiveness. Why? Because you got the timing right 
on the, on the strike. You know, it's like a well-landed joke. A well-landed joke is a good joke, not because it's a good joke, but because of timing, right? You know when someone doesn't time it right, and then they're like, did you get it? Did you get it? And then they, they're like, no, no, you didn't get it. And then they explain the joke. Bro, you didn't time it right. Just let it go and move on. No one cares anymore. Your joke stank. It was a good joke when the other person told it because they have timing. If you don't have timing, don't tell jokes, man. Just tell stories. It'll be fine. Don't, listen, don't push a door that's not open to you. Timing's everything. Timing's everything. And when you, when you, when you come at this life from the, the life of us, I'm just here to serve, then you, you're okay with waiting for the timing of God for Him to open doors that should be open to you. Look, it's, it's, it's all a case of timing. You see this happen where we, our pride and our discouragement and our, and our wanting to get ahead will start to push doors that God hasn't opened to us and we mess up the process. We mess up the timing. We see this with Abraham and Ishmael. Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael. Abraham has promised a son. There's a call of God upon him to be a father of a nation. There's a call of God upon him to have sons and to, to, to be fruitful. And it's this amazing call and this promise of God in his life. He's getting old and it ain't happening, right? And so what does he do? He, he, he forces his own hand and his wife's like, hey, have, do it with my servant. And he's like, all right. And so then... <laughs> Like, and, and so he, he takes into his own hands what was supposed to be just God's timing. And, and he tries to make the promise a reality in his own strength, in his own way. And, and in the process, he messes the whole thing up. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a question of the call. It was just a question of timing. Do we see this as well with Jesus? Jesus in, in John chapter four, uh, we, we see this moment where Jesus walks into a room and the demonic, this, this happens between the demonic and Jesus. There's a man who's possessed with a demonic spirit and he starts yelling out, this, he's the Christ, he's the Christ. Have you come to destroy us? He's the Christ. And Jesus silences them. He's like, hey, and he says, come out. And he delivers this guy. And what were they doing? What they were saying was true, but it wasn't the right time. See, the demonic will try and mess up the timeline. Like, 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 of course, that's who Jesus was, but it wasn't his time to be revealed and it wasn't for them to reveal it. And, and so, listen, the demonic will always try and stir discouragement and disappointment in you, so you push the timeline forward and you mess up the process. If you push the timeline forward, either the door won't open or you'll open it and mess it up. Timing's everything. We see this again, this, this happens again and again with the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son? We've got the farmer with two sons. And the, story, the problem with the prodigal son was not that the, it wasn't the call on his life to receive what the father had. He was the son of the father. He was gonna get an inheritance. Whether he was an older son or a younger son, he was gonna get an inheritance. It didn't matter. All he was supposed to do was serve the father, serve the father. That's my job, is to serve the father's vision. But it, it wasn't a problem of call. He was gonna get the inheritance. The problem was timing. He's like, I want it now and he messed up the timing, and he made a mess of his life, and he blew all the money. Friends, it's, it's, it's not an issue of call, it's an issue of timing. And if, if you're a son of the house, if you're a daughter of the house, you've got an inheritance. If you serve the father, and listen, the prodigal son, all, it's just serve the father, man. That's all, my job right now is serve the father. Just serve the father. It's to serve his vision and invest in his vision. If you invest in someone else's vision, you're gonna get an inheritance. You'll get an inheritance. You'll get a spiritual inheritance to your life. You will get an anointing inheritance to your life if you serve someone else's vision. But if you try and take it too early, you'll blow it all. It's not an issue of call, it's just an issue of timing. Learn to serve someone else's 
vision. That's why we encourage every person, join our team, man. Join the dream team. Join the dream team for conference. Join the team like somewhere, I don't know, like get behind somebody. If you're in a small group right now, become the assistant leader of that small group and go, man, I'm gonna help you be the best small group leader on planet Earth. I'm gonna make this the best small group this world has ever seen, ever, ever, ever. If you're in, in the band and you're playing guitar and you're like, I'm gonna make the musician guy, the best musician guy on the planet. The guy who leads all the musicians, I'm gonna help him make sure this team is successful. If you're in involved in, in, in a ministry area, man, make sure you are giving your life to make that thing successful. Be the assistant to that thing. Every one of us, listen, this, Christianity isn't a dodgy pyramid scheme where the guy at the top does nothing. It's not what it is. Everyone, you never graduate from serving someone else's vision. You never graduate from it. I give my, the last 15 years of my life have been serving the vision of this house and I'll continue doing it to the day I die. Man, like, you never graduate from serving someone else's vision. Why? Because in that place, you gather and gain what you need to go to the next level in your own life. We're not saying join our team because we need people to do stuff. We're saying join our team because you need to do it for your call, the call of God on your life. Because you'll never grow to the fullness of it without giving your life to serve someone else's vision. This is good stuff. I'm only running at 40% right now. I'd hate to see me at 100 Trust God something. Verse, that's only Joshua 1 verse 1. Let's go verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving them, to the people of Israel. The second key to walking out the call of God upon your life is this. Number two, keep moving. Keep moving. God, I love in the Bible when God states the obvious. It's like Moses is dead. So God says to Joshua, Joshua, Moses dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, like, <laughs> I'm here, you know, I see it, like, Moses is dead, and he says, now therefore go. See, see what you gotta understand about walking into the call of God for your life is you just gotta keep moving. You gotta keep moving. Don't ever camp in disappointment. Don't ever camp in bitterness. Don't ever camp in resentment. Don't ever camp in grief. Don't ever camp in loss. Don't ever camp anywhere. See, faith, the, this walk we have is a walk of faith and, and faith believes more. Faith expects more. Faith asks for more. Faith believes that we serve a God of abundantly, exceedingly above all that we can hope, think, or ask. This walk of faith in our lives is a walk of more. We have to never decide that this is it, this is as far as I can go. No, 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 you're tomorrow. I I believe with all my heart, your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. I believe we, we live a life of vision and a life of faith, and we've gotta believe that what God has in store for us is better than what's been behind us. Don't camp in old triumphs. Don't camp in old successes. Don't camp in old seasons where God showed up and did an amazing revival. Like, that's the worst thing you can do is camp in old revivals. God's got new revivals. God's got new moves. God wants to do new things in your life. God has new miracles. God has new seasons in your life. Don't camp in those places. Walk, walking into God's call for your life is simply about taking next steps. I love, Isaac said it, and I almost got saved in the notices tonight, by the way. <laughs> like, like this, this walk is just about taking the next step in front of you. It, it's about moving into what God's got for you. You don't, you, don't, you don't know the full extent of God's call for your life, but what you do know is the next step. The Bible says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their life. God doesn't, delight, does, God doesn't direct the leaps and the bounds. It's just the steps. He doesn't want you to jump from here to here. He just wants you to go, okay, one foot in front of the other. 
What's the next thing? Or I'll take that step. Some of you here today, it's getting, it is getting baptized. You've been putting pause, pushing pause, pushing, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Well, you're ready. Take a step, man, because you'll get breakthrough when you do. You'll get anointing when you do. You'll get like another level of walk with Jesus when you do. It's called obedience, man. That's all you gotta do. Just walk in obedience, yeah. Like, like what maybe your next, maybe it's joining a team, maybe it's getting involved, maybe it's like actually taking some money out of your wallet and committing to regularly, faithfully give. Why? Not because we need your money, but because you need the breakthrough that comes when you live with a generous spirit in your life. There is a generous spirit that is, oh, you, you, like right now you're holding on because you don't understand the Father heart of God and the full and resource of heaven. You can unlock something over your life that you never dreamed possible, but it takes that moment of just laying it down before God. What's your next step? It's a simple question. What's your next step? What's my next step? We've all got a step to take along the way. And here's what you gotta know. You gotta trust that God will fill the gaps. God is the amazing gap filler. He's better than Sally's whatever else you have. God's incredible. Like he will fill the gaps where you have lack. Like you don't know, I don't know how to do that. Doesn't matter, God will fill the gap. I don't have the wisdom for it. That's fine, God's got more wisdom than you need. I don't have the strength for it, that's okay. In your weakness, God's strength's made perfect. He's an amazing gap filler. And so when you lack, He will fill. And when you step out and you go, I don't know, He's like, I know, and He's filling the gap for you. And even in voids of leadership, like imagine this moment, Moses is dead. Moses, Moses is a prophetic warrior leader that's taken these people out of the slavery into the promised land. Who's gonna replace that dude? I don't wanna be that guy, like he's a legend. You know, like, and, and, so, and so in that moment, you'd be like, oh, what are we gonna do? How, how could we ever go on without Moses? And God's like, Moses is dead, Joshua, go. You know what I've realized? Whenever there's a void of leadership where a leader leaves or something moves, people rise. God will always raise another. I'm never worried when team members have to step down for reasons or they have babies and they can't. I I, I never worry about that kind of stuff because God will always raise raise another level. And and this is what excites me right now about the frost going to Papakura. I mean, this is amazing opportunity for us to reach, like as a church, to go out and, and to see them go to another level and to raise them out. But you know, we're given our best. We're given two of our key leaders who hold key ministries in our church. But I'm more excited. I'm, I'm less excited for Papakura. I'm more excited for East. I'm more excited for Botany because I know when leadership goes, leadership rises. And and I know right now in this room, God is stirring the hearts of some people. You're sitting they're going, man, I feel like this is my time. I feel like this is my time because God is stirring something in you to step up into the leadership void that He's creating so you can go to another level and our church will go to another level. I always know, and what God brings is always better. Oh, you're good though. But what God brings is better. He does. You always think, how could you replace that? And then he raises someone else and you go, all right, that'll do. (laughs) Keep taking your next step. Just keep taking your next step. Maybe some of you are being stirred. God's stirring your heart to get involved, to step up in leadership, to do something. Come on, let's go. Let's go. This is our time. This is our season. Let's take it. Let's go for it. No one's stopping you. Verse number three. We're only here to verse number two. Good grief. Verse number six minutes. Verse number three. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised Moses, be strong and courageous, for you shall, you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong 
and very courageous. The third key, I couldn't put it any better, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. This is a repetitive command of God to Joshua as he steps into the call of God for his life is this, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous. Listen, here's the thing. I believe if you're gonna fully walk into what God has for your life, you need to adopt a strong, courageous 1 Corinthians 15, 58 lifestyle. I will be steadfast. I will be immovable. I will always abound in the work of the Lord. In other words, I ain't gonna quit. I'm not gonna quit. Whatever comes my way, I'm not gonna quit. I am gonna be strong and I'm gonna be courageous. This is not gonna be easy. This is not for the faint-hearted. It's not, it's, it, God never promised that you're gonna have an easy life of roses and, and, and unicorns and fluffy rainbows. It's not gonna happen, man. There, is, there are things coming your way. There's battles you have to fight. There is land you gotta take. There are strongholds you gotta rip down. So be strong and courageous, don't quit. The work of God is far too important. When you do the work of God like Joshua did, he, his strength and courage, and courage is what caused the people to inherit the land. It wasn't for Joshua's benefit, it was for the people around him's benefit. See, our strength and courage is not so that we get blessed, it's so those around us get blessed. See, and I wanna encourage you, in your discouragement, don't quit. When it gets hard, don't quit. When you fall, don't quit. When you mess up, don't quit. When it all falls out the bottom and everything's a failure, don't quit. Be steadfast, be immovable, be strong and courageous. Let's move on to verse number seven. Be careful to do according, uh, sorry, be, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Success. Good success. I didn't say the X. <laughs> like I said, I'm only on 40% here. For then, here's what's cool though, get your pen, underline this, for then you will make your way prosperous. It's not saying God's gonna make your way prosperous. If you do what he's called you to do, you will make your way prosperous. It's amazing. God is commanding Joshua. He's saying, Joshua, this book of the law, this book of the law that Moses gave you, this book that you have, do not turn from it. Do not depart from it. Make sure you do everything that is instructed in it. Then you're gonna make your own way successful. If you just hold to this, you're gonna be successful, friends. And this is what I believe right now, if you're gonna step into the call of God for your life, this needs to be the thing that you consume the most in your life. This has to be more than just a book. This has to be something that is in you. God says, meditate on it day and night. Let it get in you, get it, let it get on you, let it come out of you, let the, your, your, your mouth speak it. Your mouth's only gonna speak it if it's in your heart because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you gotta got get it from, from here to here to here and then it comes out of here. I believe one of the strategies of the devil right now is to create an illiterate generation. An illiterate generation. We're, we're, we're full of zeal, but we lack wisdom. An illiterate generation of people that really wanna go after God but have no foundation in the Word and, and are not pl placing any importance or any real time to invest this into their life. An illiterate generation of people full of zeal but lack wisdom, people who run into battle but don't know how to fight, people who wanna minister but have shallow wells to minister from, people whose faith is a feeling and not a foundation of truth. That's an illiterate generation. I see it all the time where people are like, oh, I've got all these problems with it. I really wanna go after God. I'm like, how much do you read your Bible? Oh, like once a month. I'm like, dude, that's not enough. It's not enough. If you really wanna grow in God, this has to be the thing that you consume daily. Daily, daily, daily. Get into it, man. Like, if you don't read it now, just start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day will change your life. 
And then when you build up, you can build up and build up and listen, like make it a thing that God says to Joshua, don't let this depart. Don't let this depart. Don't turn from it. Don't go away from it. But get it inside of you. Let it change you. Let it shape you. Here's, here's the thing. I, I, I really believe this, that for many people around, the word is, is inspirational, but it's not transformational. The word is inspirational, but it's not transformational. It's inspirational, but it's not impartational. It doesn't, doesn't change you on the inside. See, like we... we and, and, and pause for, I'm not beating up anyone, just pause for a minute and reflect on your own heart, your own life. Like, we, we're great, like, with, when we have our quiet time, when we do eventually have it, we get our little cup of coffee, and we put it there, and we get the, um, the book, and we just put it, like, that's perfect, and we get our, get our little, like, journal with the nice cover font on it that says, pray for stuff, and then, like, and then we get, then we get our Instagram, we, we put it on, and we just put the right filter on it, hashtag blessed, and we just do our thing like that, and we have nice little like post-it notes around our mirrors, and, and we have like backgrounds on our phone, and we have like stuff around, and we take a sunset, we put, the Lord is my shepherd, and we put on things, and, and for us, listen, listen, the word is in, inspirational, but it's not transformational, and, and the, word is, the word is out there for us, but it's not in here for us. And, and, and if the word is just inspirational, it's out here. And you like it when you see it and it makes you feel good. And, and you put nice hashtags with it. And you, and you like all the photos that come up on the, the Daily Bible Verse Insta feed. You like all those sort of things. And all it is is inspirational, but your life's not changing because it's not, it's not become part of who you are. It's no longer transformational. It's just, it's just inspiring you. It's so inspiring. But if you really wanna change, you gotta get it inside of you. If you really want to change, you've got to, that's why he says meditate. I said, think about it, man. Write about it. Talk about it. Learn about it. Speak about it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just let it start coming out of your mouth and you'll see the transformation take place in your own heart. Let it get inside of you. Why does David say, I've hidden your word where? In my heart that I might not sin against you. Because when you hide the word in your heart, it changes the way you live. And if, if, you, if you're sick of living one way and living in that sin, but you've got the word all around you, it's time to get the word on the inside of you and it'll change the way you live. Number five, going to verse number nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My fifth key to walking in the call of God for your life is this. Number five, live in the truth that God is with you. God is with you. God, listen friends, God is with you wherever you go. He does not depart from you. We might depart from him, but he never departs from you. I remember when I was coming into um, ministry, I, I just graduated from physical education, I've got my degree, and uh, I, I got offered the role here as youth pastor, and this is a long time ago now, but I remember praying, I was down the front and I was praying, and I was like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what one to choose, should I go teaching or should I do this? And I really felt God speak to my heart, and he just said, Whichever one you choose, I'll bless you. See, a lot of this is less where you go and more who you go with. And, and you gotta understand that where you go, God is with you. You gotta live an empowered, spirit-filled life where, where the power and the presence of God is on the inside of you. And tonight at our, our extended worship, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, please, our team will pray for you. I might not be here because I'm probably gonna go die out the back soon. But, you know, but you guys can resurrect me from the dead. It's gonna be amazing glory. But listen, if, you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, 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 there's more of God that will go with you that you need to do what God's called you to do. And, and can I just say at this point, uh, 
what you feel is not nearly as important as what you know. And some of you feel right now that God's not with you, but that's a lie. And that's just not true. And when people say to me, oh, pastor, like, God's not with me. I just want to, yeah, that's awesome, but he is. Like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I disagree. <laughs> you know? because, because what you feel is not nearly as important as what you know. And I don't always feel that God's with me, but I know he is. Because his word tells me that he never leaves me nor forsakes me. His word tells me that he stays closer than a brother. His word tells me that he's living inside of me and I have full access boldly before the throne of grace. It doesn't matter what I feel, it matters what I know. And some of you, you're basing your faith so much on feelings that you think God's not with me and then you, oh, he's here. God, God's not your boyfriend, you don't always feel him. You know what I mean? It's like, his boyfriend Jesus. Oh, I just feel his presence and it's so nice. And, 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 then, and then you go through, listen, and then you go through a desert season where you don't feel him as much and you'll go through that because I go through it all the time where you just don't feel God as much and, and, and then you start freaking out going, oh, God's left me and I'm so, uh, and then you just freak out. But listen, here's the thing. I don't shift and move and sway and things like that. that, that it's called growing in maturity and understanding that what you know is far more important than what you feel. And God never leaves, so hold on to that. Don't hold on to your feelings. They're very, very deceptive and misleading. That's what they are. If God calls you, then he wants you and he wants you. If God goes with you, guess who he goes with? He goes with you. Not a weird version of you trying to be someone else. He goes with you. Walk into the call of God that God's got for you. My last one is maybe if the team can uh, come and join me, that'd be amazing. The sixth key I have, um, I was trying to be holy and do seven keys, but for the sake of time, we have six. <laughs> the sixth key I have is this. Number, number six, fight for unity. If you're gonna walk into the call of God for your life, you have to learn to fight for unity. Unity is... Um, is this most powerful thing. In, in verse number 16, it says this, they, they aren't, this is the people, they answer Joshua, all that you've commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Um, listen, I'm not gonna say we should start killing people. These guys are a little bit extreme. And bear in mind, it's not God saying he's gonna kill them, it's the people saying they're gonna kill them. So if anyone's rebelling, if anyone's going the other way, like, we're gonna kill them. Like, calm down. But what it does show is, I think, their understanding of the fierce nature that you have to take against disunity. Because here's the, unity is far more powerful than we give it credit for. A unified body is a very powerful force. And the Bible says in Psalm 133 that we're, how, how wonderful is it when, when the brethren dwell in unity for their God's commanded blessing is and the anointing flows. And there's nothing that will disrupt the blessing of God and His anointing flowing in a church amongst a body of people than disunity. Disunity will disrupt the flow. And God wants to use us individually and corporately to have this heart that, that says, you know, the call of God for us as a church and for me as a person, an individual, is far, far too important than to allow disunity to come in and destroy what God is doing here. It's funny because in, in Proverbs 6, God lists some things that He hates. And um, one of the things he hates is those who sow discord amongst brothers. 
what's that? There's those who sow disunity, disharmony, discord. See, like, th- this is what's amazing and what I love about the body of Christ is it, the body of Christ is not about one person. It's not about a preacher or a pastor. It's about, a, it's about everybody. And when we all work together and you bring, I've got one gift, you know, this is just, this is what I do, but you do what you do and it's just as powerful and just as meaningful and just as important, if not more so. And when we all work together and we all bring our collective strength and we're all singing off the same song sheet, we can make a beautiful sound. It's like an orchestra, it's like a band playing together. When you've got the same song sheet and you're you're following the conductor and everyone's playing together, it it creates this beautiful sound and there's these crescendo moments and then there's these lulls and it can take people on a journey and it can create something incredibly beautiful, right? But then discord is, is, is one person just playing out of tune. One, discord is one person starting to play their own song. Discord is someone who doesn't like the song or doesn't like who's singing the song. So I'm gonna deliberately start to tell everyone about how terrible a singer they are. And, and I'm gonna sow some discord around the place. And, 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 and discord starts with one instrument, but very quickly it starts putting other instruments off. And very, very quickly other people start playing out of time. They didn't even mean to, but they are now because it starts to sow and it starts to grow. And then all of a sudden, everyone starts to realize there's something wrong with the song and, and you can't create what you wanted to create. And, and what was gonna be something climactic and beautiful and, and, and something that was gonna just, just go on this amazing journey and create something, now it's kind of ruined because it's just a bit of a mess now and you gotta figure out what's going on here. Something's broken and what you were trying to create, you couldn't create. Where you were trying to go, you couldn't go. The same is true with disunity and discord. When we, when, we, when we sow that discord amongst each other, it actually limits our ability to walk into the call of God fully and freely. It limits our ability to reach and to serve and to influence and to see people's lives transform. Why? Because there's a song we've got to sing together. There's, this, there's music we've got to play together. There's, there's something we've got to create. But if we're not, if we're not all unified, then then all of a sudden what we're creating becomes a mess. And can I encourage all of you, deal with offenses quickly and quietly. If you're offended, just like, I'm not saying deal with it, like just get over it. I'm saying go talk to the person that you need to and deal with it quickly and quietly. If you, if you gossip around, it's sowing discord and it will just create a bit of a, like a song that was going one way, now all of a sudden it's like, what's wrong with that part of the band? Oh, it's just one person's offense. And now they've spread it with five other people and now the, the song's out of time. You deal with your thing quickly and get back on the song sheet. Just sowing discord is playing out of time, playing the wrong song, deliberately or not. Can I, can I say, as a people, let's be a people that always fight for unity. Let's decide that the unity and the, the commanded blessing of God upon our church is far, far too important than to allow discord and disunity to go unchecked. But let's be a people that agree to deal with our stuff, not to gossip, deal with our stuff and have a singular vision and let's all work towards that. I'd love to pray for you guys tonight. If, if you wanna stand to your feet. I actually just wanna pray through real quickly those um, those things, I've just taken a little bit more time than I should, but 
I just want to pray through those, those six things. And I invite just everyone in this room just to close your eyes for a moment, just bow your heads. And I'd love to, as I pray through these, maybe tonight one of these points God was speaking to you and um, just receive this prayer as I go down this list. If maybe um, something in this message has really resonated with you, just receive this prayer. Let's just bow our heads, maybe open your hands or lift your hands if you want to, just to receive what God wants to do in this place. God, I pray for us, Lord, that each of us, I know there is a great call of God upon each one and upon this house and upon this church across all our campuses. And I pray, help us, oh God, like Joshua, to walk forward boldly into the call you have for us. Lord, help, I pray, help us to serve someone else's vision. I know that where we are right now, we don't have everything we need to walk fully into the call you have for us. So Lord, help us to submit our lives to saying, you know what, I'm gonna serve the Father. I'm just gonna serve whatever area you're calling me into. And I'm gonna be faithful with that. I'm gonna make someone else successful. I'm gonna bless somebody else. I'm gonna make someone else's life easier. God, I pray, maybe we've been sitting around right now and you're stirring in our hearts to go, you know what, give your life to someone else's vision and you'll be blessed with your own in some day. God, I pray for us, maybe if we've stopped, we've camped, we're not moving, we haven't taken any steps and maybe you're stirring us up to take a step tonight. Lord, I pray, help us to keep moving and take the steps you have for us. God, I pray for us, Lord, help us to be a people that are strong and courageous, that don't move, that don't quit, that don't give up on this, but we believe you, God, that you've got greater things in store for us. So help us, God, to have strength and courage. Lord, I pray, help us, make us a people that value the Word. God, that this Word would not just be inspirational, but it would be impartational. God, that it would be transformational. God, I pray that you'd put a hunger in us to see it, to know it, to meditate on it, to get it inside of us, that we would know it and it would know us. And Lord, it would be in the inside and coming out in everything that we do. God, I know that we will be successful if we hold to it. God, I pray that you help us to live in that truth, that you're with us, God that nothing we could do could ever separate us from your love. Nothing has pulled us apart. God, you're always there. And so God, I pray, help us to live in the reality and the truth that you're with us no matter what. And God, I pray, help us to be a church that always fights for unity, that wherever there is discord or there's disharmony, help us to be a people that are brave enough to have tough conversations and deal with our stuff when it arises. Just want to have your eyes closed in here, but I want to pray one last prayer in this place. If, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, like I've said, I, I believe God's got a great plan for your life and He loves you, He died for you. And I'd love to give you an invitation right now. If you're here and you don't know Him, just to pray a very simple prayer, surrendering your life into His hands. I'm gonna pray out loud and if that's you today, all you need to do is pray it in your heart. Just pray along with me. Just in your heart, but mean it with everything you've got. Just say these words, say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've messed up and I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now today, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, all my wrong. I turn now to you. I place you as the Lord of my life. I ask you to come and make me brand new today. In Jesus' name. Just where your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, can I ask you to be really brave right now? I'm gonna count to three real quick. And on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand nice and high. Just saying, Steve, that's me, count me in. Either for the very first time or maybe coming back to God. Ready? Just real quick. One, two, three. Hand up nice and high. Yeah, my man, I see you, brother. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, count me in. Yeah, right down the front here, I see you, my man. Awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, count me in. I want to give my life right with Jesus. Yeah, I got you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyone else? 
Awesome. God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. God, we thank you for all you're doing and all you've done in our hearts. Lord, we bless you. We honour you. We praise you. God, help us to be a Joshua generation that walk forward into everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on.